Yeah, welcome to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Motunraya Ojo. She works with health information systems by day and is a film enthusiast by night. We talk about creatives dealing with criticism, films as society's moral compass, and the role of government in the industry's growth. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Can you mention three random facts about yourself? Okay, so uh, this is very hard when people ask me for three facts. I don't even want random facts. My number one random fact is I remember things easily. Maybe that's a random fact. I'm serious. I have my earliest memory was my first birthday. Oh. Yeah, people say well so all the time. Yeah, I remember things from my very first birthday. Yes, I remember the smell of the cake. Yeah. The clothes, everybody came on my birthday and what our compound looks like <laughs> right then. Um, another fact about me is that this is very hard. What do you say random facts? What do you expect you to say? Just more information about you. More information about me. I don't know anything about myself. I feel this way I'm stuck. What other art forms do you like? Do you like art um, books, music, opera? No, music actually. Oh, so here is that I, I enjoy every single genre of of music. I hear so. I should tell you another thing about me. Do I consume <laughs> films? Do I consume books? Okay. And music, really. If we're talking about music, I'll say the same as It's a lot of information. And the third fact about me is that I have um, attention deficits. I have ADD. Mm. And so that, that's probably also the reason why I say a lot of things ramble, now a lot of useless information. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm serious. I do know a lot of useless information. I don't know how. You know, you talk about people on the timeline calling you haters. Like, um, <laughs> I know a lot of people. You know, filmmakers make films. Sometimes they have to fight different forces to get yeah. out there. Um, and then, you know, they get hurt that yes. people don't always appreciate what they have yes. made. Um, what What do you think is the way forward, you know, like the relationship between filmmakers and, and critics in the Nollywood space? So, um, I don't want to use the word critics. I said the relationship between them and the feedback. I'll use feedback because one, I've learned that creatives are very uh, pretty when it comes to their own work. Yeah. And at first I would have said, is it just creatives? But I think it's creatives are across all styles. You have artists, poets. I review books. That's the only form of review I've ever, I've ever done. Mm. If I started just calling in and talking in only few people. And I, I do not enjoy poetry. I, I've always thought it's pretentious. Mm. I would read E.A. comics because it's the only form of poetry. I mean, it comes whatever that I could digest yeah. and understand. Because I did. And then I liked uh, Polatobos' Travel Love or something I like that. Again, I can count all of the poetry that I've enjoyed on my hand. Yeah. And I think one time you reviewed some guys. Hmm, 
poetry. So then it was the worst, worst of times, best of times, because I do not even know what I was saying. I mean, they do believe there's some form of higher work of art. A different plane of existence. Yes, they, they believe it. <laughs> and, and I felt like this guy was doing a how many big words do I know that rhyme that I could put off the one on my tongue? They made no sense to me. Mm. And I, I put it like that in there. In fact, some point on our blog, my friend and I, we started saying, disclaimer, we really do not enjoy poetry, but if you ask us to read, we will. Yeah. But we don't. We really should actually go back to what we used to do. But we used to say that. But that was the moment I realized that critics, at all forms, apparently, then we reviewed it and didn't like it. Yeah. And it was a mess. Oh my god, this guy kept, people kept commenting and commenting, this is the best thing I've read. I'm like, okay, your opinion, you're open to it. Yeah. You're allowed to enjoy it. I did not really criticize, I just didn't enjoy it. And it's not just that. I'm going to have that with fashion designers. I keep thinking about this guy's theory. Um, one of these popular, I think it was Turkey or Lebanon, I can't remember. But, anyways, he was not usually in Hollywood and then he did very well his dress yeah. for that amazing one. And everybody talked about that dress. And after that, he was already popular with Safara, you know. Yeah. And Hollywood was so snobbish. And they kept talking about how the seems are not right. They did it for over a decade. But he's like one of the biggest guys now. Yeah. And everybody has learned to love him. Two things. He could have gone home and cried though. I've never done this again. Mm. Because honestly, I keep reading some of the horrible things they said about If I was the one, oh, I'm back in our house. I'm not doing that again. I don't have to, you know, subject myself to that. But then this is it about taking feedback. When people say this thing is terrible, you have to listen. I mean, it's easier when you're like, hey, well, some people liked it. Uh, don't, don't, don't deceive yourself. Maybe some people will like it. Some, nobody, they know everybody will like it. You get But how does it reflect in your work? Mm. Do you take this piece of information and put it into the next movie that you're going to make? Or are you just going to lash out at the world? Or are you going to just lick your woman? Like, oh, they hurt my feelings. Even at work, it's not easy. I got one performance at Prezi in 2020. Although I was pregnant, but I cried. <laughs> it was funny, but I cried on, on that work. On, on that call, I remember crying. And my boss here, you know, goes, um, would you wouldn't do this some other time. We could do this on Monday. And I'm so sorry to hurt you. Uh, we could just talk about this when you come on. I'm very sorry that you feel like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 it's pregnancy almost. It was not really pregnancy. No, I cried because mm. it really hurt. That was the worst that I've gotten. And if my was it something you were suspecting or it just came out of the blue? It came out of the blue. And I had already discussed that with my manager before. But I thought we worked it out because we have some, like, some piece of cross wires there. But as much as it was. Part of it was me, but a huge chunk of it was that. 
But I really love my office for one thing because they'll ask you, that, what do you think you can do? What? How do you think we can help you get better? And I go, oh, because when Twitter was locked down, I didn't work on a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. And here is the thing, when you work on just one and you have clients, if you did one thing wrong, that's the only thing you will hold on to. Two kids, if you work on like 10 other projects and you five, six is fantastic. Yeah. I'm really four. May not really, you know, outshine those excellent ones that you did. So I told him that we'll put him in a more project. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't think that project is the problem. I think some of these cracks are like, I'm not asking for it. But they, they put me on 60 days probation. I was in the worst of it. I was told that, that you have 60 days for your house to cut you off. So that was it for me. Yeah. I needed to prove myself. Yeah. 60 days in projects, they just gave me projects, ta 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 ta. As I mean, a lot of multi-million dollars, I'm like, okay, here is it. We're working from home. I had a workstation at work, plunked a pillow behind my back. I clocked in 160 hours every month till I went on leave in me. Not one hour wasted. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe sometimes 150 hours, 159 hours in a month. I was clocking in. I was working like a machine. Yeah. I need I needed to prove something because I also know that I'm going to be. That year I had eleven percent increment in my salary and a promotion in twenty twenty one. So here is the thing, I don't think anybody likes to be told that they are that they, you know, nobody would like to do your sheets. <laughs> I think two weeks ago I was on a call, I did one thing fantastic on Power BI visuals. I told my person that I was working on like so okay, I think we should change and I can go digital sheets. If we go the way most of they are going to know. So we just need to add this caveat that is digital sheets. And then the Americans, we need to be finished. Like nice visuals but this digital sheets. I'm like, okay, I see that coming. But in that case at least they told me nice visuals. Mm. Luckily the data is not my problem. I didn't input it, it was on their side. Yeah. But they don't want it represented in visual in data visualization because when people view it, visualization can show you your lapses. Yeah. So they are seeing those lapses and it is terrible. Nobody else will see it. And that's why people want it. So it's not on me, it's not my work. So nobody's saying more your work issue. They're saying teachers that they are putting in that issue. So that is the way I feel like creatives can be but because most creatives are pretty yeah. i really don't know you, you you have to learn it again because they're not working in if you've not worked in an organization where there's a top to bottom somebody giving you feedback <laughs> some feedback you cry i can't work for a nigerian company and i say it all the time because i tried it earlier in the year it did not work out well for us i walked out of our office and i told you know what yeah it's been nice to do business with you mm. because i feel like there's ego in the room you can't be the smartest person when you have somebody who has giant ego, mm. right? But when you've not worked with other people before, you think you're the best thing to slice bread. And then you go into, you put that product together. Yeah. You don't owe us and we don't owe you. I'm patronizing you. I have opinions to my opinion. I have the right to my opinion. I like that if I spend 6000 at the cinema, I will sit down. And I said that movie, top to bottom, yeah. and you cannot arrest me because you have finished that product, you put it out there, and I'm going to have a say. 
And if I have a say, there's really nothing you can do. It's or you need to give back. So sometimes I look at it in all this FMCG, right? You're selling soup for bathing, or for you are selling facial wash soup, and people say they, they are breaking out. Are you going to go in and spray a tantrum? Mm. Like, well, I put in my sweat, I put in everything, use it, but I'm breaking out. You're going to get out of the market quickly before you know what's going on, right? So it is how you decide to take feedback. If you work in an organization where you get constant feedback, I don't know how people who do African magic do. Yeah. I mean, a couple of times I've actually a couple of them interacting with it, like, yeah, we made this mistake, sorry, or, you know, we didn't do it that way, whatever. But I also see that there are the sort of people who take feedback as it comes. Also, I don't know, again, it might be, it might be, it might not be, but earlier in the year, I started watching Ian Covenant. And one thing I noticed was that the set design was shit. Like a lot of all those, you are rich, but the house was really sparse. And I think I mentioned it on the timeline. Fast forward to me watching it, maybe a month in, two months in, those things have changed. Those empty looking houses were looking, you know, fuller. Yeah. It may be, it may not be. Maybe somebody else who came on their set and said, Abba, man, what are you guys doing? Why does this set not look like a proper set, right? Mm. So, maybe those people can take you feedback in real time. Like as they are saying it, you know, the audience is saying something, they are getting real-time feedback. Yeah. They can put it into their work and make it better. But you, if you're making a video, you put it there, you put it there. If people like it, they don't like it. So it's, again, it's for you to go take it, go and put it. I don't know how they can get better. They just have to learn to live with it. Sell again. Everybody is doing it at their work. Everybody is, you're going to have to learn. You're not special, no offense. Everybody is special to the moment and their but outside of this, really nothing special about all of us. Yeah. Like, you're not the first to be the movie. And you probably won't be the last. So you probably just need to, need to learn how to take feedback. Again, I don't think anybody wants to take that. Even me. I'm sure I'll start crying. If somebody gives me feedback like that, right? Mm. But then you need to understand that you, they don't owe you anything. Maybe I'll, it, 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 they'll be nice at giving you one-on-one. Personally, if I have friends who make films or writes, I can give feedback. So I give feedback in private. Like, okay, this is what I think about your film, but I want to give you feedback. Say, thank you. Yeah, like, oh, are you sure? Yeah, this is our film. That's not the also you've put out. It's easier. I can't be sending you messages. This is what I think about. You don't like it. You're like, I don't know you now. I don't know you. Hmm. So I think personally, filmmakers learn to grow thick skin. Yeah. And not just take feedback. Maybe not all feedback are use, useful, but maybe change some things. Like when I have lion, you heard the beard. I think he started making better beard now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's like the way um several films you know like have lapses do you think is a film education problem for example you you have you know a bit of film history you know that from you know the beginning of cinema things have you know changed in a certain direction and then we are now in 2023 and stories are being told in a particular way do you think people are trying to reinvent the wheel every time or do you think it's just a general film problem like a film education problem where they didn't actually learn i mean telling films right yeah because you you learn film the right way right and yes. then you, you put, put your put, own yeah. touch yeah so that's the thing 
So I think on the call last week, I remember saying that I don't mind people jarring in. What you can do, again, I don't think there is any rule that is set in stone. But when you're telling story, things must make sense. Hmm. You must properly set up a situation. So let me give you an example. Hey you, I really detested that film. Hey you, visually, looks good. It's dark because, I mean, I also think lighting should work if it was erotic, hmm. which it wasn't to I didn't know what was happening there. I think they were going to go for erotism, but it didn't translate. But the story was shit. That's not for me because let's talk about setting up things. They introduced a fiance that we didn't see at the one hour mark. I think Nigerian writers, maybe people, maybe they've worked on telenovelas. They're trying to tell telenovela kind of stories in the future. It doesn't work. Yeah. You cannot introduce a new character as you do things. It works in telenovela because, or in a in a soap, or a lifetime, like primetime TV. Yeah. You can do it. You can keep introducing things. You can't do it for a future. You cannot bring somebody in one hour who has not been established by picture, by sound. You didn't even flash that person, and you. Wrote it in. Look, if you are going to put it in such a way where this character is hidden, this our protagonist does not want people, or maybe she she's falling in love, but she doesn't want her new person to know about this person. Yes. You set it up still. Even if you want it to be an audience reveal, you set it up. There's no reveal that has not been set up to when that reveal is going to happen. Mm. Like you need to set it up. So, even if it is a call from home and it, maybe somebody said, ah, you're about like awkward, like, what, your husband and you caught the call. The audience is going to be intrigued, like, what just happened there? And if you're not including this person on our mobile, ah, so that's the thing. Yeah. Or if she had, it's called coming a couple of times that she's caught him. And we don't know who's calling, but we see the name. And then when she walks, walks in, the one, when he walks in, in the one hour, as she calls that name, ah, so this is the guy she's been cutting the call on. You need to set things up. You can't even put in that round of phone, she changes it to the new guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who's that old guy? You don't know who that is. You put it on her table, she has a stand, a picture stand of him. Um, new guy is visiting her house. It's like sitting on that bed. We don't know who that is. The audience doesn't know who that is. Yeah. But we're intrigued. Our interest has been piqued. Yeah. So when it comes up in one hour, man, you are not lost. Why do we think we know? No offense to people writing stories. I can't write. I tell people that people are like, yeah, I think she's dabbling in writing. I don't have the patience. I have the GHD. I probably will lose that work. And I'm serious. Yeah. My interest jumps from things to things. Tomorrow I might say that it's only wildlife documentary I want to start watching. Yeah. And I watch that for one day and I have a lot of information on it. But I don't want to write, but I can't I, I can't see that you've done nonsense. I have a big beef with brotherhood. You have twins that have animosity and we don't know. And people just talking about somebody. 
and it irritates me. It's annoying. People who are not used to it probably don't know that something is wrong. I think it's nonsense. Started the movie with their dad getting shots, parents getting shots. What am I supposed to do about that? When you can start that movie with three street coaches running around, the twins and Ozukiji's character. Because at the end of the day, the biggest beef was between Ozukiji's character and Toby's character. Mm. And that's at the end of the film. But that was not set up at all. That brotherhood is not between the twins. It's between Osukiji and Toby's character. Yeah. At the end of the day. So if I if I was in the room when we were doing that, the movie starts with three with three straight watches running around, picking pockets. And then police cuts Faust's character and says and said, Hey, why do people that stole this thing? And him being a wimp points to his brother and that guy. And that was probably the first time they went to drink. And when the film starts, like you don't need to explain to anybody. Yeah. In the rest of that movie, you don't owe anyone more stories. Like so even if exposition is being used to clarify things, no one is lost. Right? No one is lost. Because visually I know why this animosity is there. They can't keep saying which is basically police criminal. Give me something. So, but the thing that Brotherhood does well, it has fan studies. So use a lot of that to in fact me if I almost stood up in the at that last 15 minutes, even though that deadline bridge was too long. I was just excited. I didn't even know I was excited. Yeah. I was just excited. And then when he caught the gun, Short, I was like, yay! And when I had my car, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? I thought about Florida for two weeks straight. Yeah. Like, I just randomly wake up and I'm like, that was wrong. Why did they never set that up? Right? Like, so many things. Look at it. He shot his twin brother's father in law. And then it's it. He's not even going to be done in American films because films are our moral compass. We mm-hmm. do, we, like, films have the responsibility. Unless this person is our. You want people to, I want to say, unless this person is an anti-hero, which is not. He wasn't fighting bad guys at any point. He yeah. was actually the bad guy. Why are we rooting for a thief? You have to give me a reason. And every single time we've rooted for a thief, even in. So apart from all those heist things, you see me, you see me. They're not killing anybody. They're just taking something from somewhere, da, 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 da. some are called summer, and they run. I'm like, yeah, you know. Money heist was about people who were in poverty and the poor, whatever they came together trying to save somebody. There's always motivation. You cannot justify these kind of things. Original rattlesnake, he died, he faked his own death, but there has to be a death, even though our protagonist got him in defeat. Oh, Blue was a thief, but we saw the entire motivation, which is um, this guy, I keep forgetting his name. But the point is, at the end of the day, he was caught. And even in this film, the thief was the good guy. He doesn't need to kill anybody. He was philanthropic. Please give the money out to everybody. Mm. But he was caught when, when they caught him, when he was going to die, he killed himself. Again, you know, we're not supposed to suicide, but it's in heat. 
Chiefs, they were going to get away with it until that last job. And even our Apachino died. Set it off has one of the killer motivations. Yeah. Right? We saw when our brother that was supposed to go to school when they when, when you know we saw what the system was doing to these women and they came together to steal. But the few didn't spare them. The only person that was spared was the person whose brother already died. So it gave us a little bit of consolation. Like at least at least she got away with it. But the system took her brother. And even the Olopa could see her go and do it. She had to let her go. So that is our own fan service. Why did I get the meetings in Brotherhood? Why did you get the meetings? It's not a gangster movie. In a gangster movie, it was gangster in gangs. It's going to be one gang who is supposed to be the good guy going against the bad guys. At the end of the day, it's a form of moral compass. But you know, in this film, it kills people, it kills people. Of course, it killed the other guy who, who betrayed them. But he also killed his brothers while well, lying. Yeah. And nothing happened to me. Who was it for this chief? Some of these questions should have been on the storyboard. In the storytelling room. Somebody should have should have been in there asking all these like guys, what were you thinking? Do you think we should be doing you know a couple of somebody had come to me with a couple of stories like, oh we want to do this and I go, Oh, we're gonna let this um character do it's not gonna be a Muslim man, okay? In twenty twenty-three. A character is going to end up being a bad guy. Why is he converting to Islam first? Again, sometimes we don't even know the messaging mm-hmm. when we're writing. Because in our head it sounds da 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 da. But then when how is the audience going to take that information that you just released? Yeah. What are they supposed to do with it? So I think that writers female or whatever. Two more I don't know what workshop in the story. But I don't know if I reinvent the wheels. And I don't want to say there is a standard to writing. But I think there's anything you make of it. Yeah. You can set to tell a story, however. But I doubt a lot of our writers know what they think they've been trying to address. Again, I don't think we've done any elevated art form enough for people to, oh, I thought about it. You're not you're just doing entertainment for everything I say. So but I feel and you know what is asking you to sit down do so much. You see this Barbie movie that I'm spending a lot of money money on. I've seen the trailer and I think I know exactly what it's going to end up in. It's going to address a lot of socioeconomic problems, you know, the way we live and our perception as humans. Yeah. Same thing happened with um the Truman show. Way before reality TV was a thing, mm-hmm. it was a true machine. When I first watched it, I didn't even know it reality TV until I started watching Facebook in Africa. But before then, this guy was in a place, they put him, we didn't even know that everything in forward was for real because they put his life together, made it a reality TV show that the rest of the world was watching. And when, when I watched it, I probably didn't know what I was watching, but if I watch it now, it speaks to so many things. It's thematically layered. Yeah. Like how we are being controlled, how we are obsessed with other people's life. People are doing this now, you know, everybody puts their life on, on Instagram, everybody's a mini content creator, everybody yeah. has some form of Kardashian thing going on, right? Mm. And we don't we don't know that that's what we're doing, you know, it speaks about capitalism. Same thing that um what was that the Korean one that came out so it's not 
something game was it called? Squid Game. Eh? Squid Game. Yeah, Squid Game. Mm-hmm. When it came out, right? Squid Game was speaking a lot, like it's entertaining, but it was talking a lot about. It. Was afterwards I realized that Korea has a money lending problem, just like the way we have all those air credit thing. Yeah. Korea has a ridiculous people are going tons and tons and tons of to to this shark shark guys, right? And then you have people praying on people like this. You have governments praying on them. You know, people who are big boys praying on them for entertainment. Yeah, it's similar to real life. He had that guy who went to. University of Korea, nobody could go to University of Korea, that guy from his little town. But that was vicious. He knew what he wanted, he was going to do. And he didn't care if he was killing anybody because he was going to So everybody had their own story and they were justified. Yeah. And you have that stupid old man who everybody liked. But he's also in the world, he's one of the owners, but he wants to feel like it. So you have people who are cosplaying poverty. We see them all the time on our timeline. Like, name, name, but we have people who are like, oh yeah, me too, it's so sad, it's so. Guy, you know, one of the guys, do you get so we have all of these characters in real life, mm. right? And for somebody has put that together, and we did something in Latin, and all of us are questioning, and we are laughing ha, 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 about it, you know, still discussing poverty, capitalism, but someone has put it into art form. So, and that's the thing about art, you see people sitting around discussing the things, oh, how does he address that? How does he do this? How does he, you know, expanding on things again. Not all arts have to do that. Mm. But to a certain extent, people are putting it in their working. So I don't think we are reinventing the view. I think we just have a bunch of people who don't know how to tell stories. Try to tell story. The idea is great, the premise is great, but we are doing it badly. I don't know why first Domitila will be miles miles and miles and miles more progressive than Dominica Domitila to that moment. Way progressive. Yeah. The watch is 1996 or 06. This movie is close to 20 years. It is 17 years. And it's, how many years now? 20 something. 20 something years, right? And it's more progressive than the quotes nonsense that was in the cinemas. So, that, I don't know. What are we doing around? At the heart of it is writing. At the, heart, at the heart of it is writing. Yeah. We have elevated uh, cameras now. Everybody can walk camera. We look at Aunt Hill. You want to go to set production, call Aunt Hill into the room. You want, oh my god, put it. I watch, I don't know if it was Aunt Hill or England that made Superstar. Whoever did the production design for Superstar, she deserves a raise. Mm. I thought the, even the filter used. They had this tinsel town filter going on. Yeah. We make you believe that this is story about somebody who had big dreams, yeah. wanted to be a star. But that feel was shit. It was trying to be so many things at once. I mean, trying to for it. There's a there's an Indian film that follows that same template. But it was easier watching than in a drama because this one is like watching a carousel. It's like a PowerPoint presentation. So. How many things were happening? Yeah. <laughs> I was like watching a telly, bloody ass telly, and like, what are you doing? And then compare it with the size one. I've watched every single version of the size one. I think they are five. I like watching repeats of films because I like to compare yeah. each director's direction and directing. And 
His star is born, the one that testifies I did, was at the cost of women empowerment, liberty, I think it was, I don't know which year, it was But you could see Barbara Streisand's input in everything. It was very much women empowerment, education, whatever that was going there. You know, she wasn't going to be under anybody. But you know why this guy's one was very, really good? Because his face started with Lady Gaga. He spent so much time developing the story. Because that's to resonate with the 2020s. And he also wanted to do something that would make people really, really, really sad. Every story has followed the same pattern. Somebody dies, the guy dies, as different forms of how the person, whether, whether they, how they die is nobody's business, right? But somebody has always died, just like how in this pastor so much. That's pastor was when he just had cancer of the night. See, at that point, I was like, nah, somebody called me the cops, man. Yeah. I want to report a crime. Yeah. It was a crime. So, for if when you compare, it's the fluidity with which the story happened. Mm. The story was fluid, right? It wasn't 10,000 things happening at once. Was this done on his block, musician? Yeah. And we had this girl who was trying to make money. When he heard her voice, he has the potential. He was trying to, oh, I'll be a manager, whatever. Romance happened. We saw the journey. And whereas he now, she was writing for him, he got back to the stage. The things was the devil was dealing, the demon he was battling before he met her came back. He was always drunk. He had this like and then she became good and she was so good and he felt and his own insecurity kicked in. He liked that so much, but at the same time he was bad for her. I didn't know they took his own life. I think horrible story, but whatever. <laughs> the point is we didn't like the way he ended. But you see the journey. Yeah. That's it. I've not watched that it's like on the set part, I've not watched it. And I, I each other one, and funny enough, I watched each other one. And I wasn't as sad as, as this, as this version. Yeah. It killed me. I was like, what? But you can imagine how he had sat down. How he's going to make this thing way better than what every other person has been doing. If you doing it, he starts watching like what the forties or the fifties. Yeah. But he knew what he was going to do differently, and he spent like I think years. I think for you, I can't remember now. I just, you know, just rewriting, rewriting, changing songs. They wrote that song from scratch, because that each song, every single song in there, they wrote the song, they practiced. These people, some people putting in effort. I know people say they money, but they had money. But they had story. Yeah. Right? They had money, yeah, but they had story. But they had story. Because the person I thought superstar visual was great. Ah, for oh, all nice. <laughs> there was a spaz being went like, I was like, Oh, you guys, I'm going to report to somebody. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I don't think there are events in the world. I think people just have passion for film. And they just tear it, just shit in the ass. Borrowing troops. Yeah. Because we do it, we see it a lot. We're watching it to see that they borrow 10,000 of that troops from somewhere. You say it later. I don't like, I don't mind homage. I like people paying homage to the films. Mm. I want to be able to say I recognize that scene. Oh yeah, I recognize that scene. I've seen that before. I recognize I don't want you to jack the entire plot. <laughs> and you will not do it badly. Get out. Don't try it. Yeah. But I think that's what's happening right now. Okay, let's talk about um, film as moral compass of society. Um, 
there are a lot of films that you know tend to be preachy and then you know and then there are also the films that you know under the layer it points towards something you know how and they change things she says let me tell you the films are powerful today i i think it was on the timeline one of those women that said films don't change lives films don't change that that's not true films influence what i would like to talk about pop culture slams things pop culture especially Tony Kalani released Oleku in 1996, whatever. I can't remember that time. For Oleku, people were wearing it. I don't know if you know what they call Oleku for the women. Shorts, Buba, and the Euro is only shorts. Yeah. At some point in the early 2000s, late 90s, people were wearing it. It was a fashion fad. And it was after he came, he, he, he produced that movie, Oleku. And people called that dress. It wasn't called Oleku. People were wearing it in the 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Well, nobody called the only good day, but they would really tell you as a film. And people started watching, bearing that with and calling it that same style. Yeah. See that till this, when I was in 200 level, we were watching Gossip Girl, and in my host, everybody started wearing eight bands. I had at least five eight bands. Mm. And it was from Serena Van der Hosen and Blair Waldorf, right? It was, they were carrying big bags. Yeah. All of us were carrying big bags. They were wearing ice, I was scared. We were all very nice. That was the time everybody went. People started wearing three piece suits to the club. People were wearing jeans, shirts, suits yeah. to the club. Again, films, and this is pop culture. Then let's talk about how films have greatly changed the way we see things in Hollywood. Once they're doing the mixed race, people falling in love, or they were setting up some form of acceptance. Yeah. It's always happened. Let me say in Hollywood, the rubber films, they are, um, I don't even know, but they were harmful. They, the messaging is always there. Somebody can be raped, at the end of the day, the rapist will end up with the person that they raped. Mm. But that was the message. And it was not just them. For, for those of us that were younger in the early 2000s, late 90s, yeah. and if you read Hint Magazine, and yes, they used to write all these romance things there and used to follow that same pattern. There were some news and guns that followed that same pattern. The people not, were not calling it out, but it was also a lot of people's realities because you see a lot of girls in public university saying that that's how they make their boyfriends or whatever. Again, it's twisted. But when art forms normalizes something, the rest of the society will normalize it. We've seen it happen. So music. I'm saying music. Arts do form things. But like I said, what I mean like it or not. Yeah. There is a form of acceptance that will collect that will collectively keep seeing it in films. There are some things that you probably have an ick to, but if you see so so many times in films, you'll be fine with it. And that is how art actually does influence things. It's not like influence in the sense that you will go home and start doing it. Maybe some people do that. Personally, film has never influenced me in that manner where maybe somebody did something in film and I will go do that. If it's not pop culture like dressing, yeah. why should I fashion my life after a character, character because I see myself in them or something? I, I probably won't do that. 
But what it would do for me is properly accept things. And people like to say that films are political now, but almost all the films that I've watched that were late 90s to early 90s were heavily political. Yeah. Heavily. I don't know if it was Finch that was talking about it recently or not. I was talking about the Baha films from the 1870s. There were always some form of social things coming out, and so a lot of films were following in that footstep. Time to Kill, I can't remember if it's Time to Kill with um, Martin McConaughey, uh, McConaughey and um, Samuel Jackson, where some people raped his and shot at them and killed them, and it became a race war, whatever. Right. There were films like this back then. They were important for it to be shown in Hollywood for people to watch and then judge for yourself. The film wasn't doing a lot of preaching either. Again, that is what I don't like in Nigerian films. And it's because it is an overboard from theater. But I'm wondering, how many of us, how many of these new guys when on stage or we're writing plays that they're still doing that, right? Mm. We rather than putting it in art in a way where it's subtle and it's because I don't think we know how to be subtle. I don't think Hollywood knows how to do so. I think Hollywood is very ambiguous. But when I'm watching like British shows, those guys are going to pass that message. You will not even until you have until you receive that message. Yeah. The way they will subtle, how subtle is going to be. And I'm not going to come out and where where even Hollywood characters will be more on the news. They are going to do it like this normal, like this normal way of life. You're not even going to catch it until yeah. you, you're done watching it. But ours, we interpret it as didactic speeches. Somebody's making long and lengthy, lengthy, preaching every scene. Like I could box you. <laughs> Buka, uh, I've been battling on Buka Street. Oh my God, battling on Buka Street. I was, I have had it up to here. Anybody that didn't know that film was about survivory or no. And it's so sad that they did not now flesh out the rivalry. Because at every turn in that film, somebody had another rivalry going on. Mm. There was the mothers, the children, the grandchildren and that boy and somebody else at his work set him up. There was even a character that was on the side that said, Yes, my rap I had the biggest one my rap my rapper going to <laughs> it was in a way where why are you doing this? Yeah. Why don't you take those people that have our word? Why don't you just go side by side? Because we've already seen the mothers and then the daughters, their own library. Now you have a chance to juxtapose these children. Well, these people are trying to force the rivalry for these children, but these children are determined to walk their own path. You know, the, the matters were there. On how the intellects would do that, you know, because that girl was understanding that growth are causing. But it could have been tighter in such a way that by the time they now interweave that other subplot that was on ID unnecessary, the entire the resolution would be the final, you know, the sisters eventually. Dropping their weapon, their fight over them. Oh, we didn't see that in that way. That's the problem with story writing because we keep going for span service, for shop, shop value. Mm. And you derail the entire way you're coming from. When your central overarching plot was rivalry, 
Are you in editing? Prison break. And I sprinkle the yeah, I'm gonna help my sister with a little bit of more slapstick on it. I thought that scene at the end was interesting, but it felt like it was from another movie yeah. entirely. So at the at the at the at the cross of it is all movies personally I believe. Again, you you don't owe anyone. But all movies are visible. I like it where I think there's some adequate I like on the timeline where people go, Oh, you're, you're, you're making our heroes walk. What do you mean? Comics, at the crux of comics, is a soapbox. The original comic writers were telling a lot of socioeconomic problems. Mm. They were talking about races with X Men. Go and read how X Men was started. They were talking about races. No, they're just representing it in mutants. So the idea is people who are different from us, how do we treat them? It was at the heart of racism, you know, people looking for race supremacy. These were the messages that people were passing with art back then. Almost every story. At the end of the day, it's the way people write in literature and there are academic faces on it. People are trying to interpret Tolstoy, mm. interpret um, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. What what did the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe? What does it signify? How does it? How can we interpolate it with our life? Mm. What are the themes? And similarly, art, movie being another form of art, these are the things that it suggests. And I don't know, we, we owe it to ourselves. And that's what, at some point my silent protest was stop to stop watching your girlfriend because they were doing rubbish. Yeah. The message was wrong. But sometimes, you know, people say, yeah, I want to go to the bathroom, they're changing messages, uh, you know, they're changing, people are telling other stories, they're telling the other side of that stuff, like, ah, oh, interesting, maybe this one starts. <laughs> Again, films, you go on YouTube now, and somebody makes a film about, you know, a house was bad, and then go and read comments. People are relating to films on personal levels. Mm. Like, oh, this thing happened to me in my house. And I think this is where the Nollywood kind of storytelling comes in. Right? Somebody has said that maybe Nollywood should be a jar, which I don't mind. So, sort of in a way where Bollywood has its own markers, because I think that there are some Nigerian stories who have our own markers, right? And I do agree, because Nigerian stories sometimes serve as some form of, apart from entertainment, relatability for the rest of Africa. And people like, oh, I'm signing from Ghana, I'm watching from Kenya. Oh my God, this happened to my neighbor. Yeah. I think filmmakers, people who put their films on YouTube, this response is sort of like, you know, probably keep them going. People are appreciating this thing they're putting in because they relate to it, they relate with it. Apparently, I heard that while they're doing their productions with the superstar, it was popular in lots of African countries. We were watching it 9 pm, they too were watching it 8 pm, rather, they too were watching it in their countries back then. The same stories that we're watching it. They did too, they can sing. This is a super story from beginning to the end. Mm. And, and if you look at it, all these stories back then, they have similar structures. They have, there is, you know, your first act is the second act in the third, inciting, you know, every day, inciting, everything is there. The structure is there. And which is another thing that I appreciate with the old writers. You can't watch their stories now and think that maybe they did something. You can't be like, oh yes, yeah, so what is the whole thing? And out of the time, I really want to ask Kenneth Nebo if he had any 
professional education, like where he learns to write in this way. Yeah. Like, if have you watched the, was it Blood Money Rituals, the one with um, Zakoji? No. I think you should, maybe it's Blood Money, I should look for it. If I, you need to watch it, and I'm serious, if I say you should come watch it. The way it was written, the structure, the dialogue, and everything is fantastic. And you're wondering, was this in 1996? Right? So sometimes I want to ask, oh, this show this that I really like, Mortal Inheritance, with. Um, Motherland, um, Fairy Matter. Damon was talking about sickle cell, but not in a PSA way. Mm. It wasn't exactly preachy. It was romance, so you know, this is romance. And, and not just that, it was talking about intertribal marriage. This must have been a very important move for 1994, right? When it was like, Migona, Migona, girl. It wasn't exactly like that back then. So you can imagine how important that movie was for that time. It wasn't just addressing intertribal tribal marriage. It was also talking about sickle cell anemia. Yeah. There were times that it was dropped, but at no point was there a lengthy again, we don't know how to do PSA again. It wasn't there was no lengthy didactic speech going on. To make a um that was Lala and Tony It's also about romance and sickle cell. But the difference is that was PSA. I think society for whatever, whatever paid for that one. Yeah. So you can see a difference because same thing in romance, but you see where the sickle cell took like more of a high attention and then romance was here. Yeah. But with mortal inheritance, it was romance. But our characters, one big conflict was that she was sickle cell. Another larger conflict, she was at age, she was a Yoruba girl, it was an Igbo boy. So there was, you already have our conflict. That's kind of started to. The meet cute happened in like, Simone. This is how to, you want to do a 90 minute date movie. Nobody, because every time when you say, oh, some of these motivations you see filmmakers come on the time, like, yeah, you know, those old movies had part one, part two, part three. There's no time for us to say backstory. Sometimes the problem is not the backstory. Yeah. The problem is you just don't know how to actually tell that story. Sometimes all you need is a scene to fix the entire problem that you're going to have in the rest of the story. Whatever conflict you're going to meet. So at the end of the day, I think, like I said, movies also serve as a moral compass. I'm here where you want that compass to go, bless you. But you have a duty to the audience to see what, see it's right. I don't know how to put it. Like people watch Sister. Sister is a, you know, the story is fantastic. I also think it was didactic. I thought it was talking too much. I was telling me lots and lots. You know, people, people gave it, but it's real life. But if your protagonist does not get justice in the film, where should they get justice? Yeah. I don't even get my point, right? So many films are aspirational. We need to also yeah. remember that. There are a lot of things that it's in the movie that the writing is happening. You know that your real life is never going to happen yeah. that way. Because people don't go to movies to be depressed. Nobody goes to the movies to be depressed. But at the same time, when you are aspirational in a movie, it also serves as some form of moral compass that the audience starts to like support that. Mm. 
in a way where if it can influence a change, there's an outcome to be had in real life. People would move towards the direction that the movie, that the movie ended in. I don't even get my mind. Mm. Even though you say, oh, these things don't happen in real life. Like, oh, you know, it's reality. But in film, if our protagonist just got what they should get, it starts affecting, you know, where, like, people start seeing this in that manner. The audience like, yeah, this is the right thing. Yeah. People just keep talking. So if Anna, you and I have a conversation about that, you were able to recognize this should be the right thing. And maybe people start working towards that. So that's it. Filmmakers have a duty to their audience and themselves mm-hmm. to represent the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You talked about um, investing in film. Um, was it like a short film, feature? But for now, just short films. And, you know, I did one few journals, but that was a long time ago, 2020. Okay. And again, I think I'm going to lean more toward the EP side because I don't know. I have it, like I said, I have a day job. I don't know. I don't think the film is something that I'm this passionate about. I Let me just tell you something. My life is who knows in the next two days I'll have a new interest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and this would just be one time in my life I used to talk about films. One time in my life I used to talk a lot about books. Like I said, I used to read books. Yeah. I would just be talking about books. Another time it was just music. I used to talk a lot about music, right? So for now, the EP words seems more realistic for me. In the sense that I don't have to be there doing the, all the hard work. Yeah. I'm just going to read some like, okay, this is the sort of story that I think I should invest in. Maybe I can come up and say, please let the story be better before they roast me on the timeline because some of the actual story on the timeline, things like that. I think to a large extent, I can involve myself in story direction, story consultation, supervisory for. And just let the director or producer do their own thing. And because I already, like I said, I already have a good job. Yeah. I mean, so like, you know, I mean, more developed film industries, the government plays a role in the sense that there's public funding for films. Definitely. And um, just the general direction in terms of policy that enables industries grow. Um, yeah. The government is always involved. Um, you know, here in Nigeria, we're still struggling for dividends of democracy. Um, but then, just like our music that is being exported and accepted around the world, yes. there's a growing interest in films. Yes. Um, if the government was to you know, start focusing on policies that will push this industry and allow it to blossom, mm-hmm. where do you think they should start from? One of the things that I'd like to um, talk about is the Korean film industry. Because mm. I dread how their government really puts in tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of funds, not just in the Korean film industry and also in the sound. Now they're exporting so many things, they're exporting their drama, they're exporting their films, exporting their music. K pop yeah. is ridiculously popular. In, in Asia and even in America now, we have a lot of young people saying this is okay, I don't know about that. I'm, try, I'm not even sure I've heard this, but the point is really popular. Yes. 
And then he wondered, what exactly are they doing right? I think it was during Jonathan's administration where the Bank of the Industry had some funds. Mm. And I think a couple of people, like not a couple, I know that Kamania Bomi, I'm not so sure about Mildred, but mm. Mildred Ocas talked about how she was enjoying some form of government support. Yeah. I think she wanted to show the meeting to government and you know, the might. Somebody else, I'm like, I don't be talking about a minister where a leader of somebody so powerful stopped okay. somebody from saying the minister. But I think that is where government should come in. We've had governments with governments, reforms, government gives, government needs. We've talked about how uh, military era was not average cinema for us. Mm. But we need a serious government. We need one who is very interested. It's going to take a lot of money and investments. Yeah. And I think it should start from cinemas. We need, and I'm not talking about this, because we, I think the problem is forcing people to buy your popcorn and say, oh yeah, you have option of not eating popcorn, but you cannot get your popcorn in there. <sighs> so, if you have like smaller cinemas, that run the way cinema that I grew up with in Akure works. Yeah. And it becomes a way of life. Cinema, the cinemas shouldn't be a luxury. The cinema's not is luxury. It's, it's a sort of place where you say, oh, I want to take a bit out and I think it's what is it's cinema. Because you're not going to spend twelve thousand there. Yeah. It really shouldn't be like that. Cinema should be I'm out I'm off work. Let me go see the actually any of the old movies at cinemas. I should be able to walk into the cinema watching movie from nineteen ninety four and walk out. Or should someone say, Oh, I'm going to do all of Chico Jerry's old films. Yeah. One running through you wanna watch coming this five hundred here. And you have to just you know, so like then when I grew up, the cultural center was not just, like I said, it was called cultural center. So yeah. it wasn't just the cinema. So many things were happening there. But watching stage plays, my school always had like, when I was in secondary school, we used to have like um, some arts, whatever, exhibition going on at the cultural center. Mm. So a lot of people used the cultural center. So it was like a community center. So if you have government thinking in that direction where you can have a form of community center, that in the young people go to their sports, tip tennis, whatever, people just meeting around there. And then there is a cinema, the cheap ones, or nothing more, can you come up with 4,000 film or 6,000 film? And you can go watch 500 film. Then give them an option of, I don't know, nobody has DVD again, but those an option of taking homes on the form of cheap sick. I think that's the direction that the government should be looking at. Cinemas first. Not putting in money, not saying take one million nine dollars, go make a film. Don't make a film. You, I'm sure you get streamers, yeah. but put avenue for people to make money back, so that people can take their films to the cinemas yeah. before it ends up on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. And um, I mean, with the entry of streamers, yes, you know, the system presented these gatekeepers that have. Yeah, they're doing, yes. they're doing a good job at gatekeeping. Yes. How can we avoid that with a government that is receptive of the industry and wants to fund it? And that's why I said that it's not going to be run by the governments. Mm. I don't think governments should be running things either. Well, even the industry can get gatekeep. Definitely. There will always be gatekeepers, right? There will always be gatekeepers. And that's why distribution matters. 
distribution is where you know, is that I think I honestly believe that distribution is that part where nobody has really cracked. Mm. Let me say nobody because I can look up on timeline and they will say that I've said something mm-hmm. and I know nothing. But I really think that distribution is the elephant in the room. And there has to be some form of I'm thinking about high work because when I was younger, there was nobody keeping keep, 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 keep anything. Yeah. We were excited for Adelo's film to come and be shown. You're sleeping and you're like, ah, you're they are showing so so and so and so. They're showing, showing this, this, this again. Let's go and watch it. Sometimes they're even showing old films and we still can watch it. Mm. Because I'm sure they've, show, they've shot Skijamiari a long time before I was born. But I remember watching that cinema as dead. Right? So, there, there wasn't... Maybe because there wasn't a lot of movies at the cinema as dead. So rather than show Onibo films, yeah. maybe more slots given to Nigerian films. And there is a schedule on the, on the local TV. And people can decide what they want to go watch. Yeah. I mean, I can't be thinking for them now because they should come out for my brain. But at the same time, this is how I think. I really think if distribution can be fixed, yeah. everybody will be fine. In fact, if there are more of us, I just thought about it. If there are more community centers, then all those fancy cinemas will just be that for people who are too lazy to go in. Mm. And, and it could be like proper competition. It could be a proper competition. Yeah. Things will level up. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And maybe they'll be incentive. For the big boys to start playing with the local leagues. As in, last year, I watched the Yahoo Plus at the cinema. So I was shocked because I feel like they were probably not have shown at the cinema mm. previously. Because we heard one counselor, Emma, Emma just said that you know, she was told that she should take her film to the festivals. We worked for her eventually, she got the money and all that. But I remember watching Casala, I really like Casala. Like I said, I really like stories. I like slice of life films. Yeah. I don't think it does on Nigeria I appreciate it, like I said. And again, this audience education, they can't appreciate something they're not if a form of art that they're not exposed to. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of slice of slice of life. I like coming of each movies a lot one of my favorite genres. So when I watched Mokalik, I liked Mokalik a lot. I came on the time like see the heat and I'm like, oh nice. Coming of age, it makes sense. But people, well, when you're not exposed to slice of life, mm. I get it. You're going to call it boring. But me personally, is the kind of boring that I've like watched. I like coming of age movies. Coming of age movies are not interesting. Yeah. I don't think people understand that. You're hardly entertainment. They're often like a rudiment of showing a young person grow. Like I said, basically, in that one day that happened 24 hours, they did a lot of growth, of course. And they got, you know, they were beaten. But at the end of the day, you see how young people, you know, their journey throughout 24 hours. I like that. But Yahoo Plus, I wanted to see them as lost in over. Yahoo Plus can come to this now. I did the castle on Uncom, but then they popped to me that even film one is going to, if I'm trying to get just any part of it to come back to the signals yeah. at this point, you're going to have to put in that work. Because that work that you've been avoiding because your big money spenders were buying. Your big money spenders are 
calling the money now. The streamers are the new big boys. And maybe who knows, after the streamers will have another bigger pool. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't know where it will end. But it seems like what is, has been constant for a lot of industries is cinema. It's cinema, yes. So it will be wise of us not to lose this momentum. You need to. Cinema is a way of life. It's not a luxury, it's not fancy, it's not complimentary popcorns. It should be coppers. You don't have money, come and be working at five. Your students come and hundred. Come in with children, the money is reduced. Mm. I think when my husband took my son to go watch Person Boots. So I like think I remember asking him how much he paid and he told me that I think he like regular money. And when my son my nephew, I said, eh? So these are the things. Person goes to train at the cinemas and you did not occur to you. Did not occur to you that maybe reducing your children. I don't know, man. I can't teach them their job. And I remember one of the cinema operators, I don't know if he is or he works in one. And he kept on saying that nobody has to make their money. Do I know how much sugar is? Who asked you for popcorn? Why don't you try it one day? And this, he said, oh yeah, because we make our money from there. And you're telling me it's 300% increment. I say, yeah, yeah, but uh, this is a one talk. I'm like, these things are ridiculous. Mm. And I think that is how, why we as a society, Nigeria, are going for, and that's why we keep getting poorer and poorer and poorer. Because the foresight is not there. You cannot have 24% in, 24% and what's it called? 24% inflation rate. And they're increasing things by 300%. It's supposed to arrest you mm. on the spot. And that's because they need to post the numbers that we're posting in 2020, 2021. Once posting the numbers in 2020, but you don't think you should look at the admission rates at the admission amount. Make good luck to everybody. Mm. Just once. I to invest in story, property, storytelling. And honestly, I think I'm getting to that stage where I might just wake up and decide that I want to stop watching Nigerian films. Um, funny. I don't think I'm causing that, but I'm really, I think I'm going to my 2007 phase mm. where I didn't know watch. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch anything. Last year, I remember saying I'm going to watch only the good stuff. I remember saying that to myself. I didn't put it on I'm going to watch only the good stuff. Last January, I didn't watch you that too. Because I take reviews seriously. It was a time in my life I used to read, only I would read reviews. Reviews of films, reviews of books, reviews of churches, oh. reviews of music. As long as you're reviewing something, I'm going to read it. Like, and I do trust reviews about if I read three and say, Don't watch it, Daddy. I do not watch it. Yeah. I watched it daddy one and liked it. The structure again was stupid, but I thought it was funny. It was slapstick enough for me to ha 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 with it. I thought Faust's character was ridiculous. And I got in a few laugh here and there. Yeah. But I did not watch the two. Many people say don't watch it. I've never I've not watched it when it was two till dates. I have not watched it. I don't know what happened with that thing. I did not watch it. Was a personal principle. So I used to have that principle for non friend film. I will look at the synopsis, I'll watch the trailer, and I'll decide. But if I think a review comes out, I don't go, ah, yeah. 
I've not watched any Tony Ayamako produced film since the other Kardashian did when I was in final year. I watched that one. You know, it came out just after Jennifer. I had similar this thing, but that was six for me. And I think she had one of them. I think it was that. Because I remember people were saying, oh, it was similar to one of the films, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it was similar to one of the films. That one was interesting. I watched it. So I think it was that answer where they killed their own child. It was one of my daughters fighting mistakenly during their physical altercation. Anyways, I remember watching that one. And then she told me I did one like that, and somebody says, Oh, it's similar, I didn't watch it. And I'm like that, mm-hmm. I won't watch it. Then she did Alakadat Reloaded, I did not watch it. Because I saw the trailer, I saw the, I thought it was a mess, I didn't watch it. Um, she did Ghost and that, I didn't watch it, because I'm not talking about it. So when she did this one, <laughs> I'm poor, and I said, Well, there goes my unbeaten run of yeah. not watching the single to Yama. No offense to her. I think she had her heart is in the right place. She's very hard working. She works so hard. You can see it because she's in the new movie, movie every time. It's just not working. Mm. Same with Jennifer. I didn't watch I'm gonna get to I watched three seasons now since in I was out. I watched the original get to one and two. When I watched shows, probably in her 30s, and I think I was like, she was 20 years old, it was final year just out of school. And I remember watching it back then. It makes sense at that time. I don't want to say anybody in their 40s is running around that before. Mm. So when I watched it, it just could not register in my head. That you're telling me that this character did not work. I mean, people can do continuation of it. I, I, Mentally, I couldn't divorce the age of that film, yeah. of which Omogeto was similar to Bollywood's Sita Gita. Now, I think it's a 70s film. But when I was younger, when I watched the first Omogeto, I didn't mind it. I don't think I want to watch it again, so I didn't watch it. Which I did not watch. But when I watched I watched it because I was only a film club. On a normal day, I would have been out by like the third scene in now that I checked out. I decided to finish watching it. Mm. So here is the thing, right? They will always have their markets because they're big spenders and they always show the movies in December. And people have a lot of, not a lot, but they have enough disposable income to go to the cinema because the holidays. Mm. So people who have not been to the cinemas in the entire year, they will go. And then, and it's also, which should we choose? There might be a couple of Hollywood, but you know, it's Funke. Funke is funny, let's go watch her, right? How that is going to be sustained, I don't know. Before Funke, there was only a bully at the cinema as, uh, as you want to make money, you have to put your money in your film. Yeah. And then we have Funke, and then we have Tony. But how long are we going to have people? That's the question that is supposed to be. I really hoped Funke won so that she would not do anything, and I would have been so happy. And see, December she's going to travel now. So, mm. congratulations to everybody. I wish I had. She's mm-hmm. also hard working, so I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Right in hand. Yeah. I mean, I was about to what the industry should improve, but we have talked about different things across. There are so many things, yes. Yeah. So, where can people go to keep up with your takes on knowledge? My time, my MS underscore, you No, time. 
when I'm talking, <laughs> which is really funny because half of the time I'm trying not to talk so much on the timeline and at the same time. So sometimes I talk about, I don't talk a lot about films again because I keep my opinion for only film club. So if you want to hear what I have to say, you have to come. Mr. C is not paying me for this thing. Mm. So maybe I should add that, like, you know, write something to collect my royalties from him in the future. Yeah. But yeah, most of the times I usually put my opinion on the timeline. But that's it. If Elon breaks Twitter, that's it for us, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks more for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much, Stella. So I was going to ask you, what, are, what should we be expecting from you? From me? Yes. Okay, um, I have a feature film. Okay. Um, the plan is to release it sometime in um, September, end of September. Why end of September? Um, that's between... You and the distributor. Yeah, me and the distributor decided um, we'll go for that period. Is there peak, that period? Do people go to the cinemas that period? I think, I think it's a host of different things, but... Um, for us, there's like a few number of days that might be public holiday. Yes, um, remember, right? Yes. yes. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, the plan is to make money with that. Um, yes. And then do more stuff. So, what are you thinking about marketing? How do you intend to market this film? Um, yeah. Basically, like, we have a... We have a worst-case scenario with what we have to come up with to give the movie a fighting chance, but... Okay. Um, I think for us, it's our first film. We're trying to learn a lot about yes. the market. Um, um, yeah. So we're, we're doing stuff. We're not just looking at the money we're spending. We're doing stuff so that we have the experience to do yes, it better. For me, like I'm kind of a, a textbook person, so textbook and experience. So, for example, taking, taking um, lessons from Hollywood, how they've done stuff, how they pushed films, mm. you know. Um, so that informs my approach and then you know you took it for the Nigerian markets. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. We'll see. Alright. Congratulations and good luck, Sele. Yeah. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.